Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It is a Thursday night in a beautiful downtown Everett. We're ready for another edition of Prep Sports Weekly. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willis here in KRKO. How are you tonight? Doing fantastic. How are you doing, Tom? Not too bad. We have a pretty good show tonight. We have a, we have a good show every night, every week, well, I should true. say. I, I like all of our guests. But, yeah, we do have another great show lined up tonight. Uh, a lot of fun and interesting people to talk to. Some uh, some we've had on in the past, some we have not. So looking forward to it. Today's show brought to you by the Buzz In Steakhouse, by the law office of Russell and Hill, by Screen Printing Northwest, and by Hometown Handyman. So who have you? slapped together tonight here is the lineup for tonight in just a moment here we're going to talk to ryan webb and we teased this one a little bit last week at the end of the show ryan is a mount lake terrace high school alum played college and we ball. won't hold that against him you better not that's that's <laughs> for sure well you're going to be outnumbered here in a moment uh, yeah, three to one yeah. so you really don't want to hold that against him but ryan is a mount lake terrace high school alum uh and played his college basketball at seattle u now is an assistant coach with the world champion WNBA Seattle Storm. We'll talk to Ryan along with his uh, coach from high school, Nayland Sood, who is, as most people know, still the coach at Mount Lake Terrace High School. And then coming up in segment number two, we're going to continue to catch up with some of our newest members of the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. One of which is yourself, by the way. Congratulations again. Thank you. That's that's the reason we keep doing this, so I can keep congratulating <laughs> Every you. Every week. But one of your uh, fellow inductees, uh, Dwayne Lewis, is going to be on the show. Dwayne was a longtime track and field coach at Linwood High School, the Royals, for 45 years. Once, that's it? Which, that's all, yeah. Kind of slacker, right? F- 51, if you or 46 years. I cheated him out of a year. 46 years. And five years for prior to that, he was at uh, Edmonds Junior High, which – Probably has been torn down by now, I would think. I don't even know where that's located, and I live in the area. But uh, Dwayne was over there, so he coached for 51 years. Uh, was just recently inducted into the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. So Dwayne, along with Stephanie Tastad, who is now the coach at Linwood, who also ran under Dwayne and coached under him as well, she'll be joining us uh, for that segment. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk to the Seelhoff sisters, uh, Maddie and Chloe, Soccer players at Glacier Peak High School. Uh, Maddie is about to be a senior, and she's heading off to Montana next year to play soccer. And then Chloe, younger sister, she's going to be a junior, and she just committed to playing at the University of Washington earlier this week. So we'll uh, we'll hear from them. A Glacier Peak team that qualified for state uh, last year for the first time in 10 years, I believe. Glacier Peak team that was also very young and is expected to contend for maybe a state championship if we ever get there. So should be an interesting conversation. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, by Everett Safe and Lock, by Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, and Glass by Lund. Let's get underway. Let's get underway indeed. And again, another Mount Lake Terrace alum joining us on the show. I can say that because I am one as well. Ryan Webb, assistant coach for the WNBA champion Seattle Storm. Ryan, how are you tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, you guys. No, absolutely. Thank you, and congratulations. And we're also joined by Naylan Sood. Naylan? Greetings. Greetings. Uh, thanks for having me on also. I'm uh, honored to be here. Be honored to be here. because Co- Coach Sood, I want to know, yeah. when will you get to 51 years coaching? Well, Steve just prefaced it still, <laughs> the coach at Mount Lake Terrace High School. So maybe in your audience or some people are thinking, he's still there. And, uh, Tom, I was going to throw – I knew you were going to come out with a dig for Mount Lake Terrace High School, and I was just working in the yard, and I was 
trying to come up with something. I got nothing on your Hall of Fame except congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, Nalen's going in there one of these days. Oh, I should, sure he is. You, you mentioned 51 years, Absolutely. but the, the scary thing for me is that he's closer to 51 than he is zero, and I was his first ever point guard. So uh, it makes me old too, right, Nalen? It sure does. We're all getting into that uh, uh, label right there. Well, speaking of labels, I like the sound of WNBA champion. Ryan, uh, congratulations. Uh, how, how are you feeling today? Do you still have to take out the trash when you get home and do other things, or do you uh, do you get to get out of certain responsibilities around the house when you get to flaunt that you're a two-time WNBA champ? Oh, it is still taking out the trash. It is still changing dirty diapers. It is still <laughs> homeschooling with the kids. It, you, you get brought back down to reality real quick. Well, and I have to ask because I was watching those championship games, and I actually texted Nalen at one point. I'm like, I don't see Webb anywhere. Where, where is he? So were you in the wobble at all, as they like to call it, or did you stay home uh, during the two months? Yeah, so the the whole plan uh, at the beginning of the season was I, I wanted to start down in the wobble and then finish down in the wobble. So I was actually down there for the first three and a half weeks um, getting the team jump-started and underway. Um, and I was there for the first game, and, and the whole plan was I would go back down if situations changed up here, you know, with kids going back to school and whatnot, and things just didn't change. And so uh, I decided to, to stay back um, towards the end, and the league had adjusted some of its um, parameters on when to swap back in. Um, so, it, you know, I had full support of the organization, full support of the team, but um, – I stayed home uh, and didn't get a chance to go back down there, but was still responsible for some scouts and obviously still in contact with all the players and, and everything. So give us a – well, first of all, talk a little bit about the Wubble because you're the first person I've had a chance to speak with who was actually in the Wubble, so to speak, or even in the, at the NBA for that matter. Uh, what was life like there? Was it just straight go fro- straight from the arena to the hotel back to the arena? What uh, What sort of activities were you able to engage in to keep yourselves busy? Yeah, no, it's uh, it, every day was kind of like Groundhog's Day. It, it was, it, it got to the point where you know you're doing the same things over and over. IMG Academy, though, they were great hosts, and it's a beautiful campus, an absolutely beautiful campus. But um, you know, it it, it was it was actually uh, someone like myself and someone like probably coaches. It was a dream because all we got to do was do basketball. So I got to really dive in and, um, you know, work out and and just be nothing but basketball. So, Well, and I'm curious, too, because I know Dan Hughes, who is normally the, the head coach for the Seattle Storm, I know Dan's had some health issues over the last couple of years, and he opted out. So Gary Kloppenberg, right. who I guess you guys call Kloppy, right, which is weird for me because I used to work for the Sonics back in the day, and Bob yep. Kloppenberg – Gary's father was a Sonics assistant coach, so when I hear Cloppy, I immediately yep. think Bob. But um, so Gary was in, Dan was out, and so with yep. the two of you being away, kind of talk a little bit about what some of the responsibilities were. Was Dan Hughes involved at all on a daily basis? Was he interacting with you guys? And what about yourself? I mean, you mentioned scouting already, but were you constantly on Zoom calls with the players and the coaches? What was a, a daily routine like for you at the time? Yeah, so you know, it we were. It, so Dan, he opted out. It was more like precaution, you know what I mean, sure, um, sure. for him not to be down there. Um, but you know, he was involved in every game time decision, um, all the scouts, putting, helping put, you know, together our game plan and whatnot. For me, um, when I got back, it was more or less helping out with scouts, getting the scouts organized and really dialed in 
um, but also just being in touch with the players. So it was a lot of FaceTime, a lot of texting. Um, after every single game, I got all the video edits and whatnot, and I would dissect it and then send over my personal thoughts and notes to Klopp or to Noel, who was the other, other assistant coach. Um, and then if I saw anything as far as player development went, um, I would just text, you know, I have that relationship with the players. So I just text them and say, hey, you know, you're looking a little bit unbalanced here. You're twisting a little bit here. Um, yeah, so it was It was really, I was gone and it was hard to be away. I want, as you know, I want to be in the trenches. But, um, you know, I, I was communicating with somebody from the team on a daily basis. So as far as winning the, the championship, this is your second time now. You also won it in 2018. What, what, how is it different in 2020 than 2018 in terms of gratification and satisfaction? Obviously, when you get a chance to win it with fans around and, and the celebration that goes along with that, I mean, I, I got to experience that in 2004. I worked for the team, and I remember that was one of the greatest af- evenings of my life. We had a blast afterwards. In 2020, <laughs> yeah. when it's just, yeah, I'm, there's some stories there that I could probably tell on another show. But um, right. And when you're doing it in 2020 and you're in a wobble and it's just a few people out there on the floor, it's got to feel drastically different. So compare and contrast that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you win a championship, when you're representing a full city, it's it's nice to celebrate with everyone from the city, right? And that, that was the biggest difference this year. I mean, uh, you know, three players came back to Seattle from the team because obviously everyone had been gone for three-plus months, and so they wanted to get back to their loved ones and their family. Um, so we got to raise the flag, which was cool. Um, you know, we got recognition from, from the city, which was great, but obviously there was a, a, a big difference because we want to celebrate with the fans because the fans in our league is what really makes our league. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean – uh, you know, that that's probably the biggest stark difference. Uh, but with the season, though, it's I, I look back, and this is going to be one of the most memorable, unique championships, I think, in the history of the WNBA, all things considered with COVID and obviously the social justice platforms. And I always make this point out when I'm talking to people. It's like our women in the league, they're fighting their own fight on a daily basis just by putting their jerseys on and stepping out on the floor. So this season, they put that fight to the side to fight for something bigger than themselves. And that just is a testament to every every player in our league as we're still trying to grow and build this league in, in, in you know in the country. Well, and that was further down on my list here. I was going to ask you about that. So since you've brought it up, let's talk about it a little bit more. The fact that the WNBA has been um, so pro social injustice and speaking out against it and and recognizing all these movements as somebody who is a member of this league how proud does that make you because I know this is something near and dear to your heart as well and really it seems like they might have been the league that was at the forefront of all of this really in the way in which they've addressed it from day one the jerseys everything else uh, just speak to that a little bit yeah no it's I mean I couldn't be more proud to be a part of especially our team's uh, consciousness and the things that we've done and put into action in terms of social justice and whatnot. I mean, it's, it was, it's literally at the forefront, you know, in coaching staff, when we're, we're talking about uh, practice prep or game prep, like we always had a 10 or 15 minute conversation just about what's going on and, and getting each other's thoughts and whatnot. And um, you know, our, our team, they were stewards in the, in, in the social justice movement. And, you know, it, it was something that was never lost uh, throughout the entire season. Um, 
you know, everyone knew they stepped on the floor and they were playing for something greater than basketball. And it's a testament to them, like I said, and it was it was just at the forefront of everything that we did this season. So, Coach Nalen Sood, talk about Ryan Webb, the player, and then talk about whether you saw Coach Ryan Webb way back when. Oh, he could have played better. Be defense. nice, Coach. Be Definitely nice. Definitely when he was high school. <laughs> <laughs> he was just okay. Just okay. Yeah, right. harder. <laughs> oh, Ryan, um, you know, I don't know how many high school programs have guys that, Ryan, I hate to put the number on you here, but it's about 19, 18, 19 years later, but are still <laughs> talked of on a regular basis within a program. Um, Ryan still is familiar with our kids, comes back to our alumni game, Um they know he's coaching. I, I have a young lady in class that's a, a big basketball player. She loves it. She's passionate about it. And uh, being able to talk about Ryan in so many different ways, just not how he was as a player, but what he was like as a person back then and now this young man that he's become. Um, I, I was just thinking of Ryan the other day because I was reading about Avery Bradley, who plays for the Lakers, and Avery couldn't go down and play for with the Lakers, and they won the title. And... Um, Rob Palenka, the GM, and LeBron and those guys were texting him. And Avery didn't go down because he's got a younger son with some health issues. And Avery's a key player for him. And uh, he put his family above basketball and his profession because that's where he needed to be. And that's where Ryan needed to be. And I thought of that right away. There's nowhere else Ryan wanted to be than, pro- than with the Storm except than with his family. And that makes me just uh, tremendously proud of the young man that he's become. I could go on and on about I was just looking, I was thinking about this today, but I looked it up. Ryan led us in 10 statistical categories. We've never had a player that's led us in that many in the history of Mount Lake Terrace High School. And you guys know we've had some tremendous players in the 60-year history of Mount Lake Terrace. And Ryan might be one of our greatest ever's be, uh, players ever because of those stats. Uh, Ryan, I won't mention you led us actually in 11, so I'm not counting turnovers. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he had a tremendous career. He was all-state. He received a four-year scholarship. And what Ryan did with Seattle University to take them from Division Two to Division One. I. I walked into the gym one time, and uh, I saw four giant uh, um, images on the wall. Two were of the O'Brien brothers. One was of LaShonda White, and the other one was of Ryan Webb. And it was the impact that he had at Seattle University. And Ryan had that impact at Mount Lake Terrace High School. Ryan had that impact at Seattle University. And now Ryan's having that same impact. At, with the Seattle Storm as an assistant coach. And Ryan's always used basketball as a vehicle for better things and as a platform. And what he just spoke about to you guys, he's using basketball as a platform for that now. He uses it um, in the fashion art world in Seattle with some of the things he's doing. He's the second all-time assist leader at Mount Lake Terrace High School. And somebody told me Ryan's junior year, they said, you know, before you can finish telling Ryan what to do on the court, he's shaking his head that he knows what you're going to say. And I knew right then and there Ryan would be a successful coach. Um, I took over Ryan's junior year. And, you know, if you don't have success early on, you question, you doubt, you're not sure if this is what you want to do, i got to take over a program with Ryan Webb as your point guard. And Ryan would talk about the guys next to him because he's so selfless in terms of the Cameron Rollins and the Roger Russo's. But i got to take over that and – we had, a, we had a pretty good year, went 19-1. and one. <laughs> Ryan's next year, we, we <laughs> played the game to go to state. Maybe it gave me some confidence as a coach that uh, I wouldn't have had 
if we didn't have that kind of success. But it was being fortunate to to take over players of that caliber and those that kind of young man. So um, Ryan was a, a 18 year old man, young man with a mind of a 30 year old when he played basketball. So I'm so proud, but it doesn't surprise me because I saw this when he was playing and. Uh, I was reading through his evaluation. I still have it, Ryan, if you ever want to see it. I can't share all of it, but I have it. And talked about what kind of leader he could be and the confidence that we had in him. And he set his goals high. He could achieve them. And I'm not sure if we always hit the mark on that, but Ryan's done that and more. So he made he made us look a lot smarter than we really are. And, uh, and what he's doing right now, this is, this is, this is why he coached. I'm just – basking in uh, the, the proudness of uh, what Ryan's accomplished. Well, Ryan, I don't think you need that evaluation because all you need to do is record the show tonight, take it into any job interview you ever go into, and play the last four minutes there of Nail and Sued. I think you're going to get hired. So <laughs> I, think, I think you got enough right there. Well, Ryan, when, when did you decide to become a coach? Because I know I remember seeing you on the sideline, and we should point this out. You were the JV coach at Mount Lake Terrace for the boys' team. Five years ago, mm-hmm. I think, was it six years ago? So how did you get from JV at Mount Lake Terrace to being in the WNBA? Well, when I graduated from college, um, you know, just like every, I think, collegiate basketball's dream is like they're going to be a pro somewhere. And so, um, I, you know, I'd been kind of prepping for that. I had some odd jobs, ins and outs, trying to figure it all out while trying to get my process going to possibly playing overseas. Um, and during during that process, I was actually a practice player with the Storm. So while I was coaching uh, with Coach at Terrace, um, you know, I'd been a practice player um, with the Storm. And one season, I, I went up to the head coach. I was one of the more consistent practice players. I went up to the head coach at the time, and I said, hey, I, you know, I, I, I coach, I, I do these things, um, and, I, you know, I'm just trying to grow. So I would – would it be okay if I sat in on maybe like a pre-practice meeting or a post-practice meeting? And the coach was like, absolutely. So little by little, I I started getting a little bit more responsibility um, during practice. So I would be responsible for the scout team and, and making sure that the guys that came in to practice um, against the storm, that we knew all of the plays of the team we're about to play. And then it grew to, doing some um, computer work with the scout, like filling in uh, stats and whatnot, you know, just easy stuff that you can find off the internet and whatnot. Um, but that, that season when I, when I was doing the stats and whatnot, at the end of it, um, they offered me an assistant coaching position. And from then on, I, you know, this is my sixth season now. Um, and there's, you know, no looking back. So where do you, I mean, here's the standard interview question, right? When you go in for a job, where do you envision yourself in five years? Do you, do you want to ultimately become a head coach in the WNBA? Are, are you content where, where you are right now, staying in your home city? Uh, what, what does the future look like for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it, Coach talk, talked, about it, uh, talked about it earlier, Tom. You know, for me, you know, I've, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate. I'm really, really blessed. The game has done amazing things for myself um you know that is bigger than bigger than ball and so you know I don't think a lot of coaches would be in the profession if they didn't have the drive to be a head coach but my my situation is uniquely different because um I'm rooted in Seattle I'm rooted in Mount Lake Terrace I'm rooted here this is where my family is so you know I haven't really been um 
been the coaching carousel, as it's called, you know, I, I've, I've kind of steered away from that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I want to be here. And if there was ever an opportunity for me to take over the storm at some point, I would absolutely love to do it. Um, that would be an end goal for me. Five years ago, I actually got asked that question from our new GM, and that was that was my answer. I would love to see this. I never would have thought that I'd be sitting here with two championships, you know. So, it's a lot more fun when you're winning, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you know. But but here's the deal: is it it really is? But you know, I I, I committed to Seattle U when they were six and twenty nine. You know, there was a challenge there that I I, I wanted to to be a part of when I got offered the assistant coaching job um, with the storm, we were in rebuild year. Now we happen to get the number number one uh, draft pick two years in a row and got amazing players. But you know, that challenge that, 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 that is something that was born at Terrace. Like, you know, I don't, we, we take on things, you know, that we, we don't see, uh, we, we don't see, uh, walls in front of us. We want to break through those. Well, we don't see the barrier. We want to go through those things and and whatnot. And that's just that's what I've grown to be. And that started at, in in high school. You know. So is Sue Bird older than you or younger than you? Sue Bird is older than me. Isn't that amazing? And <laughs> yeah, and will beat will beat me in a mile run. Will beat me in sprints. Will beat me in all of those things. Yep, absolutely. Talk a little bit more about her. She's just she's been amazing to watch since Connecticut. Absolutely. I mean, she's you know she's my top three favorite basketball player of all time, and I always tell people this too. Like, she is the smartest basketball player that I've ever been around. You know, there. I think if one of the championships LeBron was in, you know, a, a reporter asked him a question, and he went back. For like four minutes and talked about every single play that happened that led up to his answer for the question. That's how Sue thinks all the time. So if Sue comes out of a game, she'll tell you exactly what happened for the last five or six minutes. And what's crazy is she can also like kind of predict what might happen if we don't do A, B, or C. Um, the, the discipline that she's kind of that, that she's had over the past few years with her body is is really the main reason why she's where she's at today and able to play. I mean, she she said in an interview, she doesn't cheat the game, she doesn't cheat the grind, and that is, I, I've, I've been witness to it, you know, in the off season when she's in Seattle, that's what we're working out. We'll go through a 45-minute really solid workout, and then she has a 10- or 15-minute finisher at the end of the workout. That finisher consists of, Sprints, defensive slides, uh, nonstop. You know what I mean? And this is a 39-year-old point guard. Give us a few. Um, That's who she is, you know? Give us a few thoughts on Brianna Stewart. Uh, We were texting the other day, and the the GOAT is already starting to get thrown around a little bit. Is it too early to start comparing her to the greatest of all time, or are we already in that that realm of conversation? Um, yeah, I think it's still too early because I know Stewie would say it's still early. Um, I think that, you know, it's 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 nice to hear and whatnot. But for her, you know, she's achieved so much success so early in her career that she she's far from finished at all. And so I think that she's only going to continue to grow um, and only going to continue to build her career and build 
on all these achievements that she's already had. There's something she's extremely, extremely special. She does not shy away from big moments at all. In fact, big moments are what excite her, and she always raises up to that level. I mean, she came back and did what she did this season after an Achilles tear. That is unbelievable to me. And, Naylan, it's kind of nice to have Coach Webb at your disposal there when you're at games and getting pictures, right? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, uh, I should point out, you, you sent a picture over to me. Uh, you were with your, your stepdaughter, Sheridan, and also Brianna Stewart and Coach Webb. Kind of nice uh, to be able to go to a game and y- you know people. Well, I got a kick out of it because, Steve, your comment was, does Sheridan realize she's with three people of significance or three legends? I said legends. Yeah, go, you can say legends. Yeah. Sheridan would say, well, who's the third? I see Ryan and Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Tom, I got to tell you, you asked a question. I, I was thinking about this, that I don't know if Ryan remembers it. We were playing a, a game, Ryan's senior year, to go to state. And we had a good lead, and fourth quarter, the team came back, and uh, that was my uh, second year of coaching. And, and I just remember, I, I sort of froze in the timeout. I was diagramming Spartan, Ryan. Do you remember that play? And I was oh, yeah, diagramming absolutely. it, and I just I couldn't remember. I was just like, I froze. And it was the magnitude of the moment. And Ryan, with his finger on the clipboard, goes, no, this guy's got to go there. And, you know, that was in 2003 and, or 2002. And still to this day, I can remember that he had the, the calmness, the collectedness, the, just the, the, the cerebralness to be on top of the game. And when Ryan was a, a sophomore, he was playing on an AAU team called Friends of Hoop that George Carl ran. And I was a coaching in the program. I wasn't coaching Ryan, but we were down at the University of Washington practicing, and Bob Bender was there watching. Bob couldn't stay because there was rules against coaches staying for the practice. But the guys were warming up, and, and uh, I was helping a guy warm up, and then our director of it came walking over to me, and I go, Coach Bender enjoy watching? He goes, yeah. But the guy he really enjoyed watching was Ryan. And I said, Ryan, who? And he goes, your guy, Webby. And I remember what I thought. <laughs> We're going to have a good year this year. I really like how the team looks with Ryan playing like that. And, uh, and it was guys like that that really made me start realizing how special this young man was. You got the head coach of the University of Washington, and that gym's littered. Ryan knows it littered with Division One players. Guys that went to North Carolina, guys that went to UCLA, guys that went to the University of Washington, Wazoo, and as a sophomore, Someone noticed, the coach of that uh, that uh, high level noticed a player like Ryan and, and how good he was. And um, and now you look at it, he, the story that he is writing and continues to write is as impressive as any young man I've been fortunate to coach. And uh, a lot of people would say the same thing. Okay, I'm going to make this really quick here because I know we're over on time here a little. So, Ryan, I'll ask you a few rapid-fire questions. Um, coach Roger Otmar, your first coach at Malik Terrace, Long-time coach there. Give me just one or two sentences. What have you taken from playing under him that you've taken with you in terms of being a coach? Oh, I mean, just – for me, it was just his stability. So, coach just alluded to just this calmness and, and, and whatnot being in that moment. And that's that's something that I always, like, looked up to Coach Otmar for. Like, you know, he he would get on us and he would get on the players and whatnot. Remember, I, I, was, I was young playing with him, but – just his like his stableness, no matter what the situation was. Okay, same question for uh, for you in regards to Nalen Sood. Oh shoot, coach! I mean, 
I'm 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 really nothing today without Coach Sue. I mean, it's it. I can't rapid fire that answer. Like, I, that's all I can. I'm I'm literally nothing. My basketball acumen is really nothing without the culture that Coach uh, put for us and and just his leadership. I mean, and not even on the court. I mean, this is life stuff. You know what I mean? This is stuff that. There's things, conversations that I had with Coach that got me through life, you know, and that's that's like the biggest biggest thing that I'm thankful for. Okay, your sophomore year, the team goes into the Tacoma Dome undefeated, ranked number one in the state. The following year, I think you guys were 19-1. and one. Very successful career at Malik Terrace. Do you have a particular favorite memory from that time? Oh, man. Um, I mean, walking on the court at the T-Dome, I mean, I was a sophomore, and – I was actually just talking to Dan Boxley about this. I just remember, like, we had probably the best layup line ever. You know, we didn't see that much court time during that time, but we had the best layup line. Like, those moments you can't take away from. Um, just our little in-district rivalries. There's so, there's so many awesome memories from my years at Terrace. Well, indeed, and now you're continuing to make memories again. Two-time WNBA champion as an assistant coach with the Storm. Ryan Webb, Nalen Sue, thank you both for your time tonight. And Ryan Haya, let's get another WNBA title next year, and let's get you guys back on the phone and do this all over again. Absolutely, that's the plan. There you go. Thanks, Coach, too. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you bet. You. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Assistant Storm Coach Ryan Webb and Motley Terrace Head Coach Nalen Sue. Go Hawks. The, the Go Hawks. Here we go. Yeah, Ryan okay. Webb, a very impressive, not only a very impressive player, but as you can tell just from that interview, really impressive. I was going to call him a young man. He's not as young anymore. He's younger than I am. But, yeah, I've had a chance to watch him play since his sophomore year of high school and went to a couple of the Seattle U games. I think there was one year where Seattle U was starting three Mount Lake Terrace graduates on their team, and Ryan was the point guard of that basketball squad. So, yeah, very uh, successful career as a player, and now he's making his mark as a coach. So thanks to those guys and what's coming up next. We're going to talk Linwood High School. We're going to go right down the uh, the way there from Mount Lake Terrace, and we're going to talk to the Royals' Dwayne Lewis, longtime track and field coach, who now enters the Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame, as well as Stephanie Tastad, who is the current cross-country and track and field coach at Linwood. All that coming up. It's Prep Sports Weekly on KRKO. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call the law offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Call 800-0842. KRKO is back. And playing great songs like this. Welcome to the Hotel California. And this. Got a black magic woman. AM1380 and Everett 95.3 FM. And anywhere on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Just go to krko.com and click on the Listen Live button. Everett's greatest hits are on KRKO. 
If you or someone you know has a disability or chronic illness and COVID-19 has made it harder to get care, information, supplies, or to connect with people, Center for Independence can help. Serving eight western Washington counties, CFI is here to help community members with disabilities access the support needed to safely stay home, stay healthy, and stay connected. Learn more at centerforindependence.org or call 888-482-4839. That's 888-482-4839. Life changes fast. Add a few kids to the mix, a teenage driver, or maybe you're about to retire and you're looking at something to haul that new camping trailer. It seems like all of a sudden it's time to shop for a new vehicle. At least that part is easy. You can change things up just as fast with a great deal at Kendall Ford of Marysville. Shop a giant selection of the best pre-owned vehicles around and shop with confidence. When you buy Kendall Certified Pre-Owned, you're getting the value of the Kendall Auto Protection Plan included in the price of your vehicle. You get things like a three-day money-back guarantee and a three-month, 3,000-mile service contract. Shop Kendall and shop a fantastic selection of premium pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. No matter what you need, no matter what the reason, trade in and trade up. And shop Kendall Ford of Marysville today. Stop by while the selection is at its best. We're easy to find on Auto Row on Smoky Point Boulevard and always online at KendallFordMarysville.com. Kendall, let's start something great. Are the kids in all this sheltering in place stuff driving you crazy? Well, good news, the Buzz Inn is open again for dine-in. The whole family loves the Buzz Inn, and once again, you can dine-in. Choose from hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast. And as always, the Buzz Inn is taking extra care to ensure the safety of their employees and their guests. So pack the whole family in the car and get out of the house and into the Buzz Inn. That is unless you want to cook at home some more. Very funny. The Buzz Inn Steakhouse. Always a great deal on a great meal. Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanwood. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Thursday night here on Carrick Hill. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Is that my cue? That's, that's your, <laughs> I'm like, your oh, I don't We're going to stay in the Edmond School District. We are going to stay in the Edmond School District. We're going to go over to Linwood High School and listen to some of these numbers before we get this guest on. 51 years of service in the Edmond School District, 46 years as the head coach for the boys track team with the Linwood Royals, 41, I believe, for the girls. Uh, also coached five years at Edmonds Junior High, taught for 35 years, but here come some more numbers here. Three-time state champion. Uh, with the boys, he won nine Wesco titles and eight district titles. With the girls, seven titles and two state championships. Uh, over 30 individual state championships. Uh, he's been inducted into the Washington State Track and Field Coaches Association Hall of Fame. And, oh, by the way, he was the first one ever from this um, county of Snohomish. Also was the 2016 Girls High School Coach of the Year by the Washington State U.S. Track and Cross Country Association. And now he is one of the newest members in the 2020 Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame. Dwayne Lewis, that's quite the resume. How are you tonight? 
Doing pretty good. Uh, I got your message about running late, and as a track coach, uh, that's one thing we don't like to hear. <laughs> you know, you're either running on time or running fast. Well, I guess. I, I guess we. Can, I'm going to blame Ryan Webb because he won a WNBA championship last week, so we uh, we just couldn't get all, all those questions. So, uh, but yeah, the the impressiveness of our guest tonight just keeps going on and on. And it took me a while to read your accomplishments, and now you're going into the Hall of Fame. So, congratulations on that. And and when you start to hear all those numbers, does it all just kind of start flying back into your head? I mean, do you start to take a stroll down memory lane? What's it like for you now that you're retired to kind of look back on everything and to think about all these accomplishments? Well, I don't know if I've got a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> uh, I've got uh, 12 grandkids and, and one great-grandchild at this point, and, and uh, my wife and I keep real busy, so... <laughs> Well, and we were we were just talking a moment ago to uh to Ryan Webb about Sue Bird, who's this great athlete at the age of thirty nine. I, I haven't seen you lately, but I know three years ago when I last saw you, what mid seventies I think, and you still look like you could go out and beat most of the kids on a five k course. Are, are you still running? Are you still staying in shape? How how are you feeling these days? I never like to run. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of started out in high school wrestling and, and thought that if I was going to do anything beyond, it would probably be wrestling and had an injury my senior year and happened to uh, watch a track practice that uh, was underway about, I, I guess the guys had been turning out my senior year for about a month before before I decided to put my wrestling shoes on and go give it a try on the track. So. Uh, Destiny kind of uh, stepped in that day, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And then um, then I was fortunate enough to run down at Seattle Pacific and had an excellent coach in Ken Foreman down there. I was just going to ask and, you about uh, that, a legendary coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He you know, was was uh, a real mentor to a bunch of us. In fact, there were quite a few of us that were on his last, or well, my last two teams down there that, that went on and coached and had very successful programs, so. Now we should yeah. welcome in at this time Stephanie Tastad, who's also on the phone, one of your uh, your students from back in the day, who is now the head coach. And Stephanie, did did you know Coach says he doesn't really like to run that much? I yeah, I did know that. So he wanted to run the shortest he could. <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough. I get it now. I didn't realize that. But and I want to get back to the SPU thing there too, Dwayne. Um, now, were you there with Doris Heritage as well? Great Olympian runner yeah, from SPU. Oh yeah, Doris and I ran against each other, and we couldn't. She couldn't find anybody else to to chase around the track, and and in fact, at at that time, uh, Coach Foreman had both her and he had a, a another young lady, Ginny uh, uh, Husted, who was a javelin thrower. And a, a quick story about uh, uh, Jennifer and, and me: we I had a, a, a pretty good time trial on the track up there, and the the track ran around the, the baseball diamond. And I was just taking my, my track shoes off, and uh, the manager all of a sudden started to duck, and I didn't see it coming, and I got hit in the back of the head with a line drive <laughs> and got put out pretty good. Well, um, when I came around a couple of days later and we back up a practice, uh, the baseball players were back out there. Ginny uh, did me a favor, and she came out with the javelin, started throwing it, and nailed a couple of the cans of of, of, uh, of uh, material they had for lining the bases. And uh, the baseball players packed up and got out of there. So it gave me a free day up there. Turn about his fair play. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, and, and I, maybe that that clunk on the head uh, 
uh, is a good excuse for some of the some of the things that I've done in the past, I guess. Well, Stephanie, why don't you sing Coach's praises here for a minute? What What are some of the things he's done in the past? Uh, you ran for him back in high school. I, I won't mention the year, but it was a few years back. You, you've coached under him, and now you've taken over his program. Uh, what is it about Coach that made him a winner and made him worthy of being in the Hall of Fame? Well, I think it was his attitude, most of it, and his knowledge is unsurpassed. When you're, when you're talking to somebody um, – He's a numbers guy. He can keep those numbers in his mind. He's a historian, and so he remembers the stories. And we'd walk out on, on the track, our first practice, and he'd give us our little card with our PRs on it. And when I started coaching with him, he came out with a 3 by 5 card and gave me my stats <laughs> um, 25 years later. So it, he uh, he's just one of those dynamic, I guess you can say. He's an incredible um, human being, and he follows you around and really motivates you, and he was uh, just a really good coach. So, Joanne, we already, we've talked about Ken Foreman a little bit, who was a legendary coach at SPU, who also went on to coach, I think, the women's Olympic team and some national teams. Doris Heritage, also a coach in her own right. Uh, who were some of your influences? Was it was it something that you wanted to do from day one when you were at SPU? Did you kind of recognize at that point in time that, hey, eventually here I'd like to give this a try? Uh, <laughs> no, actually I came from a family of a couple of educators. Both my mom and dad taught. And there was no way I was ever going to be a school teacher. And uh, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year down at Seattle Pacific, I got a job uh, working at an elementary school a couple hours a day. And I don't know if it was the sixth graders taking me out and tying me to the tetherball pole or something like that. It just uh, uh, rang a bell, you know, that um, maybe this was something that uh, I, w I wanted to try to do also. But uh, athletics kind of came late in my, you know, in, in my high school, junior high career uh, with a couple of parents as, as educators uh academics were more important than, you know, fooling around <laughs> a track or hitting a ball or, or uh, of course, like I said, I don't know how, how I ever got into the, the, the wrestling end of things, but, uh, um, and, and if there was anything I thought I would ultimately coach, it probably would have been that, but, uh, uh, yeah, I started out at Edmonds Junior High uh, coaching both uh, track and wrestling and got to, to, Linwood is a head uh, boys track coach and assistant wrestling coach, and we had some you know, real, real good success there early uh, with the wrestling team. And then uh, I think I got a little big-headed. Of course, you know any any coach that's successful has to have a, a great group of assistant coaches, and I've been very, very fortunate over the years. Uh, you know, other individuals in the uh, uh, in Snohomish County, that um, that you know did did well after after they they got past me uh, either as athletes or or as, as assistant coaches. And of course, probably my, my long time coach, assistant coach was Ernie Gosshorn, and Ernie's you know won multiple state championships in cross country and and, and so forth. And I think we coached together for 30 years. And uh, and then I had uh, an, an excellent pros coach also in Rich Damarudis. Uh, you know, Rich uh, wrestled for me and threw for me way back at Edmonds Junior High School, and he came along and he's had numerous uh, 
javelin, well, javelin, discus, and and uh, shot put. And of course, you know, Ben Lindsay probably was one of the best uh, uh, all-time uh, throwers. You know, to come out of Snohomish County, and and Rich did a wonderful job with him. So, uh, and then of course we have our young lady there, and I, she's always going to be a young lady to me. Uh, but uh, you know, she's a, you know great recruiter and uh, has a great mind for for track and field and a heck of a competitor. So um, you know, a lot of our, our success at Linwood has has come from you know former former athletes or coaches there. Well, let me ask that young lady a question really quick, Stephanie. For you, and I, I lied. I am going to give your your age away a little bit here. You were on no. that. You were on that team in 1990 that won a state championship as an athlete. You were also an assistant coach in 2016 when the girls' team won another state championship. Compare and contrast Dwayne Lewis in 1990 to 2016. Was he consistent? Was he the same guy 26 years apart as far as being a coach? Did you uh, did you see changes over time? And uh, if so, what what were they? I'm sure they were all positive, but just in in terms of your experience. Uh, you know, it was he gave a little bit. No, he was the same guy. He was meddling in every every one of the um, the assistant coaches' business and working with all of this all of the athletes like he always did. He was doing laps around the track. Um, couldn't keep them contained. In the stands, still couldn't watch. He still couldn't watch the four by one hundred relay, and um, you know it, he he was the same guy with just more years behind him. Still had the knowledge, you know, incredible mind. Twenty five years later, and um, still saving kids, still seeing the best in the kids and the potential. So. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a whole lot of difference. In fact, I was blown away. I will never forget this. I was sitting there on the track and um, watching him tell the sprinters how they should be running. And he did, like, a 15-meter run with the perfect form. And the kids were like, oh! <laughs> they couldn't believe he could still run. It was awesome. Still got it. Still got it. Very nice. Uh, yeah, and the only difference is he became – more of a teacher again than a coach. He was teaching us what to see and how to see it and really um, walking through his young coaches on how to kind of develop a program. So, Coach, let me turn the tables here for a moment. Talk a little bit about Stephanie when you watch her coach now. What makes you most proud? Obviously, you've known her since she was just a teenager, what what do you see when you're uh, when you're out there watching a Linwood track and field meet or practice for that matter? Well, she's she's you know fantastic when it comes to you know working with everybody. You know, there's it quite frequently. You know, you've got the superstars. But in the last couple of years, we we coached there. You know, of course, we had the the uh, pivot girls and and. Um, uh, we had a couple of other young ladies that were excellent sprinters. Uh, uh, oh, um, let's see, Jordan Jordan Edwards, of course, was a state champion for us, and and so forth. But you know, that didn't mean that they were the ones that were going to get all the coaching. And uh, she's been, you know, real good at, at at helping those those kids that you know sometimes you it it, it 
it's a growth situation where you you just see maybe the the, the uh, well, I guess you could say the mental part of it not catching up yet or with the with the physical part and uh, and being able to you know put those two things together give the the, the kid enough background and, and enough enthusiasm that they're willing to, to you know work hard enough and and uh, you know go that next step you coach 51 years track and field is a, is a large sport there are a lot of participants it's a lot of kids that have come through your program are you able to keep up with them at all i mean obviously i, I don't know if you're a social media guy or not but in this day and age there are so many different avenues to do that are you able to kind of still reach out to people from time to time or vice versa and, and check in on people well I, Actually, I, I usually will follow Facebook, and when I hear them bragging about something that they've done, I try and maybe uh, bring a little truth to the story that they're telling. <laughs> you burst their bubble, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, a little bit every now and then. You know, you got to even, even when some of them get to be 50 and 60 years old, you got to keep them humble. Stephanie, he's he, once a coach, always a coach, right? Always a coach. And he does have a following. His guys came out for him and watched his meets, and his girls show up at, specific, at different times. It's really fun to watch the athletes come back and reconnect with them. And he always knows their statistics. No, numbers guy Amazing. through and through. Yeah. yeah. And, Stephanie, I guess i got to have a little fun before we get off the air here because I'm going to mention it later on to him. I know you're doing virtual school right now, right, at, at Linwood? I am. Your, your your principal had a birthday today. Mike Mike Piper grew up in my neighborhood, so I had to throw he, that out there. He tried he tried very hard to make it go under the radar, and then we were in our last meeting of the day, and we all said happy birthday to him, and he was just like, oh, I didn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure I saw that on Facebook earlier today, and I couldn't let that slide without mentioning it since we do have two Linwood coaches on the air here tonight, so. I, I'll throw that out to Mike later on, but uh, nonetheless, hey, again, Dwayne, congratulations on everything you were able to accomplish. 51 years, extremely impressive resume, and we certainly hope uh, all the best for you and your family and the grandkids and great-grandchild, and hopefully we get a chance to see you uh, next year at the Snohomish County Sports Commission's banquet so we can celebrate you even more. So thank you for your time tonight, and Stephanie, best wishes to you at Linwood this year, and I'm hoping that you can get your track and field and cross-country athletes back out there sooner than later and we can get back to uh, coaching sports and watching sports me too steve thank you so much yeah yeah this has been a real privilege i appreciate the <laughs> opportunity to, to maybe somewhere out there touch base with another one of my athletes so indeed well Dwayne, i'm sure that many of them are listening and i'm sure that they uh, they all are very appreciative and again wish you all the best thank you yeah thank you yeah, that's good. You bet. There you go. That is Dwayne Lewis and Stephanie Tastad of Linwood High School. 51 years. That's a long time to be coaching, <laughs> isn't all, it? It's a long time to be doing any, yeah, to no do kidding, anything. Right? Uh, yeah, and just like I said, such an impressive resume. And we should point out, he, he was the first coach at Linwood. He was there from day one right. when they opened that school. So he, I think he had the boys team. I think that had been 1971, and then I think five years later he took over the girls program, and stands to reason. I didn't get a chance to ask him a little more about it, but Ken Foreman, who was at SPU, very much at the forefront for really pushing women's athletics, and like he mentioned, Doris Heritage, who ended up being an Olympian. She ran in, I think, two different Olympics. She didn't really have a place to compete in the 60s, and Ken Foreman said, no, you come on over here. You're going to compete with us and go out there and run with our guys, and he really did a lot to push 
that sport ahead and ended up coaching, like I said, the girls' teams at a national level. So for uh, for him to be able to for, – for Dwayne to be able to coach under Ken Foreman and run with Doris and get some of that tutelage, I'm sure that was huge. And he certainly did a lot to, to repay it with all of the things he did for so many different athletes over the years. And I was doing the math when we were doing the uh, Motley Terrace segment – have there only been three basketball boys basketball coaches? There have been. At Mount Lake Terrace, yeah. Merle Blevin was there. Opened from, the school. Opened the school, I believe. So what was 61 through 1977 when they won the state title. Right. That was his final year. Stepped down. Roger Otmar, who at the time I think was an assistant coach at Meadowdale, came over, took over in 78, uh, was the head coach until 2000. Nalen was was on his bench for a few years there at the end, or more than about a decade. Yeah. And then when Roger stepped down, Nalen, who was an alum of Mount Lake Terrace also, took over and he's been there for boy I guess it's 20 21 years now so three coaches over the course of almost 60 years wow you don't see that very often you do not see that very often unless you're Linwood and you're talking track and field and cross country then you've got the two that we just had on the phone that's true what are we doing next we're going to talk soccer Glacier Peak soccer with the Seelhoff sisters Maddie and Chloe coming up and we'll do that next prep sports weekly right here on KRKL at Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Glass by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! The street work is done, and once again, the Fireplace Bar is open. The Fireplace Bar has been serving Everett with great drinks and company for almost 100 years. Stop in and enjoy their new outdoor patio, perfect for a warm summer afternoon or evening. Open daily noon till 10 p.m. Take a break from the madness at the Fireplace Bar, Everett Avenue, Everett, two blocks east of Broadway. Find them on Facebook or at fireplacebar.com. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. 
Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Insurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. For nearly 50 years, Everett Safe and Lock has serviced the security needs of Snohomish County and surrounding areas, and they are also a proud supporter of prep sports. They know that boys and girls that take part in prep sports work hard to make themselves and their teammates better athletes, and even more importantly, better citizens too. Sports, they help build character and help them to be properly prepared for a brighter future. Everett Safe and Lock wishes all the athletes the best this season. And for all of your commercial, industrial, financial, and residential needs, see them, the trusted pros, since 1971 on Evergreen Way and online at EverettSafeAndLock.com. Prep Sports Weekly continues. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Are we finally going to get out of the Edmond School District? We're out of the Edmond School District <laughs> okay. and back over to Snohomish with two young ladies who were very instrumental in the success of Glacier Peaks girls soccer team last year. And check these numbers out. 13-1 and in Wesco play last year, outscoring their opponents 56-8. to They went 15-3-1 and overall. They helped uh, get the Grizzlies to their first State tournament in 10 years. It's the Seelhoff sisters, Maddie, who is a senior, Chloe, who is a junior. And Maddie, are we getting you right off the soccer field tonight? Did you just get done with practice? Yeah, I just got in my car from my soccer practice tonight. That is crazy. And tell us a little bit about this, because obviously we're living in a pandemic and everybody is trying to change the way in which they do things. A lot of restrictions in place. What is soccer like during this time? Yeah, so actually just this week, we are allowed to start training with our full team. And it's a new team, so everyone's still trying to get to know each other, and we've been doing inter-squad scrimmages and scrimmaging younger boys' teams trying to get back into it. And, Chloe, you're, you're also on the – this is for Star or Crossfire. You also play for one of the Crossfire teams, but at a different time. Do you both practice in the same location, or how does that work? I mean, are you able to carpool together? Um, most days we are not because we share a car, so that makes it really difficult. But we do have an extra car that we bring. But most of the time we're in a totally different field, which makes it tough. And then we have Ella. So sometimes, like today, Ella and I got to carpool, but most days we have to find a way. Like, we'll do double practices or do our homework in the car and wait for the other sister. Well, and, and so is the challenge of playing select soccer because, you, obviously, you both live in Snohomish. You play out in Redmond, and, and I can say this for, as somebody who actually worked in Redmond for a long period of time and commuted every day from Redmond to Snohomish County, that, that's not a fun commute. So, so, Maddie, this takes a little commitment. What do you, uh, what do, you do to pass the time in the car? Actually, I get to carpool with one of my Glacier Peak teammates, Kate Sprink. We're on the same Crossfire team, so we take turns driving every night to practice, so that makes it way easier. I'm sure it does. And, Chloe, this is interesting to me, too, because I know I had a cousin who played for Crossfire a few years ago, and at the time, Crossfire was part of the U.S. Development Academy, and therefore he was not able to play for his high school team. I think there were actual rules in place that stipulated that they couldn't play. They actually changed those rules about a year ago, and up until that point, you weren't able to play for Glacier Peak, correct? Yeah, that's right. I wasn't allowed to play freshman year, and I really didn't understand what I was missing out on until last year when I actually got to play. So when that rule came over, did you know instantly, hey, now you know, Maddie's already over there playing, I can join my sister again? And, and, and a few of your teammates were in that same, same situation, correct? Yeah, me and Kate Frank both came from the DA, so we were super excited to get to play. And what's that experience been like for you? Obviously, you're, you're still playing at Crossfire, but now you're having to cross over a little bit. Uh, everything you thought it would be, I mean, as far as getting out there and getting on the pitch for, for the Grizzlies? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's even more like the social part because it's like it's still super serious, but you have so much more fun because it's with 
like your school teammates and like you know everyone so well and it's just super fun when you're all together on the field. And Maddie, for you as the older sister, I mean, this was a big deal in, in more than one way for you because not only did you get Chloe onto the team who, you know, you get to play with your sibling, but also Chloe's an outstanding player. Uh, she already mentioned Kate's uh, spring. She's also a phenomenal player. Both were all area players last year. It's almost like Glacier Peak got good instantly with, with just a little, uh, you know, addition of a couple of players, or maybe there were even more than that. Uh, I think it has to change the dynamic of your team once they came over as well. Oh, no, for sure. At one point, seven of our starting 11 all played for the Crossfire Club. And so it was really nice because we all knew the style of play we were looking for and connecting just was a lot easier. So you gained seven new players when that rule came into effect? Um, not necessarily seven because some of us played for Crossfire before the DA rule, but those four DA players or three DA players could then join us and that made seven. And the fact that you got all those new players also helped out in getting a Wesco title. First time in 10 years, you as a junior last year, so you had two years to experience Wesco athletics without winning a, a title. What was that like for you and some of your classmates f- to finally be able to break through and, and to get that, uh, that crown that seemed to be eluding Glacier Peak for the last decade? Yeah, it was awesome, especially just being on the team the two years before, seeing the growth um, with Coach Tori even, the new players that she got. She definitely knew where to put us in order to get to that place. And Chloe, for you, you you played a big role in that uh, last year in the. And I've got to say right now, we're 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 Snohomish County guys in here. We we broadcast and we cover sports here. I think I can speak for both of us, Tom. Although I won't put words in your mouth, but right. when they went to a by district set uh, situation there for all sports across the board with Kingco and Wesco. Mm-hmm. I get excited whenever a West Coast school knocks off a King Coast school. That's just how any I am. Any sport, right? Any sport. I don't care what it is or where it is. And Glacier Peak beating Eastlake to qualify for the state tournament, uh, pretty big deal. And, Chloe, you, you played a, a vital role in that. You had the corner kick, right? Yes, I did. That was probably my favorite game of high school season because I was playing um, my best friend from Crossfire and then two of my super good friends, um, they're my teammates right now, um, on Crossfire, and they play for Eastlake. Oh, they do. So so that probably comes up once or twice every uh, every so often. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about each other. Because, and we should I, – I buried the lead here, but we're going to talk more about your colleges in here in a moment. But I know, Maddie, you're already committed to going to Montana after you're done with your senior year. Chloe's going to go to the University of Washington. You're both going to play soccer. But first and foremost, give us a scouting report about each other. And, and Maddie, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about younger sister Chloe – who plays midfield, uh, scoring machine, right? She led Wesco in, in goals last year. I think, what, second in assist, or do I have those vice versa? Either way, I- impressive numbers. What's it like to play with her? And tell me what makes Chloe such a good player. Oh, for sure. Chloe, she's the kind of person you can put in and expect the most. Like, if you're, if she's in, she'll change the game, whether defensively and goals, um, assists even. If you need a goal, that's who you put in. She can connect the ball, get it in the net, Definitely works hard and everything, and will push herself. You don't even have to tell her what to do. She'll do it herself. Okay, Chloe, time to repay the favor here. Talk about older sister. What's what's Maddie like? Um, Maddie and I are so competitive. When when Maddie's on the field, like you're not getting by her. She has that mentality, like no one to my goal. I'm going to protect this team. I'm going to carry us. I'm going to do everything I can to win this game. And let's talk a little bit about your teammates here too for a moment. And Maddie, we'll start with you. Uh, since you're a defense, defensive player, tell us, well, let's start with the goalkeeper. Tell us a little bit about Naomi McMillan. Oh, I've been playing, Naomi and I were the, actually the only two freshmen to make varsity our freshman year. So being with her the past, well, this is our fourth year together, definitely figured each other out by now. I can always support her. She's always good in the air 
and we can connect well, especially with the outside backs, playing the ball through the back. And tell us a little bit about the outside backs. Who else are you playing with? Yeah, so this year for outside backs, definitely Kate Sprink is a returning player that will be really important to our team up and down the line. We play together on club, back again at practice. Everything always connects. And last year, Emily Strong was also our outside back. And I'm sure if you watch the games, you know that she's also a very hard player to get by. So I think our defensive line definitely was a strong point in our team last year. Well, and Emily was a senior, so who replaces her this year? Um, that position is still undecided because both of those outside backs would play the whole game. So we have new freshmen coming in. Also, my younger sister, could also, uh, Ella, could play out there. And we have other players from our team last year that could suit that position as well. Interesting. Okay, so we could see three of you on the field at all at one time there. That could be fun. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, and we're going to get to Ella here in a moment. But first, Chloe, I want you to talk about the – tell us about the midfielders first. Who's playing with you on, the, on that line? Um, so I actually hadn't played with either of the mids for a super long time, and some of, some of them I've never even played. Um, but I got to play with Brooke Miller, Addison Dizard, Abby Varghese, Izzy Toma, and Greta Henry. And I think we all, like, were able to connect super easily. Like, if, if we lost the ball, we'd get back and work together to get it back and counterattack, and we'd always connect and get it to our forwards together. And your forwards were pretty darn good last year, one in particular, kind of a goal-scoring machine in her own right. Tell us a little bit about Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan and I are really close friends. She's also on Crossfire. Um, she's just a year younger than me. She's an 05, and we have the same coach. Um, so we both get the same kind of practice, and we have we share the same mentality. Ryan wants to put it in the back of the net, and we connect super, super well together. And are we leaving anybody out on the Glacier Peak uh, front line there? Anybody else we should be mentioning? I think they're all great. I mean, they all contributed this year, especially Aaliyah Collins. She can run on to any ball you give her. She'll get there first no matter what. Yeah, Aaliyah's a she's she's a speed demon. We've seen her out on the basketball uh, court. I'm imagining she's about the same on the on the pitch. Yes, she is. <laughs> well, hey, you you mentioned Sister Ella a moment ago. Chloe, am I right? Are you with Ella right now? Yep, she's right next. To me. I, I think we need to put her on the phone here. From don't go very far away because we're going to get you back on here in a minute. But let's give the phone over to Ella. Let's get her involved here for a moment. Okay. Hi. Hey, Ella. We don't talk to freshmen very often, so this is a big deal. Welcome to KRKO Radio here. Uh, what is it like for you to have a chance to maybe play with your sisters this year? Um, I'm very excited for the opportunity, and it would be really cool if we actually got a season because of Corona. And I hope that I would make varsity, and I think I put in the work effort, and I would be able to. Okay, let's pretend like, uh, well, Maddie's on the phone, so she's listening, but Chloe can't hear what's going on here right now. What, what, what are the sisters like? Are they nice to you? Obviously, you're, you're the younger sister. Do they, do they go easy on you? Do they kind of ease up when they're practicing, or how, how does that work in, in the house? In the house, they're nice to me, but when it comes to competitiveness, they're, they go crazy. <laughs> no, no easing up on little sister, huh? Nope. Well, and uh, if I hear this correctly, too, I know there's, there's, two, there's two girl dogs in the house, too, so dad's outnumbered. They're, they're, the, the male-female ratio, not very high in the house. So what's that like for dad? Um, I think he enjoys it, but I wonder what he would do if he had a son. <laughs> well, he's busy enough with, with three daughters and, and two dogs and, and being married and everything, right? So I'm sure dad enjoys all of this, too. Do, do mom and dad enjoy going out? And I, I would think this is easier for them now because the three of you probably always going off in different directions kind of exciting and probably easier for them as far as uh, transportation being able to go to one spot and just watch everybody play this year right yes they really miss us being able to play games but they're excited for us to get back to it 
Okay, so Maddie, while we have Ella on the phone, give us a scouting report. What's what's little sister like out there on the pitch? I'm going to be honest. Both my younger sisters could probably outrun me. They both can be up and down the field so quick. I know Ella, super feisty on the field. You can stick her anywhere, too. And then, then I don't even know what it would be like if all three of us could connect together since we kind of have the same mentality. And, you know, I was getting good intel from Mom earlier. We were texting a little bit. And Mom is the – with the head uh, cross-country and track and field coach at Valley View Middle School, correct? Correct. Now, she told me, and this this is mom's words, she says Ella runs a crazy mile. Oh, they're like almost, I think they're like 530 miles right now. So they're she, both crazy fast. So she can, she can get out there and play for 90 minutes and 80 minutes and not even think twice about it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, Ella, I'm going to let you go so we can talk to Chloe here for another moment. But, again, I, I really hope that this is one of those things where you don't really think about it when we're talking about everybody being on the sidelines. But you, you get one year and one year only to play with both of your sisters. So I'm really hoping that you get back out there on the, the field and get to play with one another this year for the Grizzlies. So best of luck to you, and, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to watch you for the next four years at Glacier Peak. Yes, thank you so much. Definitely. Now, so we got – so, Chloe, are you back now? Yes, I am. Okay, so kind of fun for you then. I mean, are, do you enjoy that? You're, now, when you're with Maddie, you're the younger sister. Now you get to be the, the big sister out there on the field, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah of a, it'll a be change. a whole different experience, yep. And now, have the three of you ever played together in the past? Um, I don't think so. Just, so f- like, during this whole t- time we've been training together, like, before we could actually practice. But other than that, nope. And Maddie, did I hear this correctly, too? Um, I know that when you play soccer, especially select and club, you generally get to travel a lot. You get to go all over the place. Were Was one of your teams uh, expected to go to Spain this year before the, the outbreak? Yeah, we were supposed to go to Spain over spring break, especially when Corona was starting to get really big. And once we were told that we might not be able to get back in, then the trip got canceled. So so no Spain at all. Is that going to be re- rescheduled for another time, or is that pretty much over and done with then? Um, I'm guessing it also depends on – covid but this year hopefully something would be happening for our team because we're the oldest age age group no certainly well we hope to get back out there at some point here and i I guess we'd be remiss if we don't talk about the college selections here and maddie we'll start with you since you're the oldest uh the university of montana the grizzlies uh you're going from one grizzly to another grizzly talk a little bit about that decision what uh what influenced you to end up at montana yeah so my junior year i went to a camp at starfire in tukwila and boise state and University of Montana were there, and I had talked to both coaches before, went to that camp, kept in contact, and then November of my junior year, I went to Montana for an ID camp, and that's where they really saw me, started talking to me, and said, hey, like, keep in contact, and then literally two weeks after, I got my offer and committed to play. Very cool, and I know Ellie Otteson, who uh, played over at Snohomish, I know the Snohomish Glacier Peak, there's a lot of crossover there. Also went from Snohomish to Montana. Did you get a chance to talk to her at all and kind of pick her brain a little bit about Montana? Yeah, I did. And uh, I would say we're decent family friends from the Snohomish area, too. And both her and her mom texted me congratulations when they heard about that. Nice. And then, Chloe, you uh only a junior, but you already committed. Or, a matter of fact, I think it was five or six days ago now, the University of Washington. Congratulations on that. Uh, what went into that decision? Um, so in June of this year, colleges were allowed to contact us instead of us having to reach out to them um, because I've been reaching out since like probably eighth grade for them to come watch my games and send schedules. But since June, it's been it's been an amazing process. I've learned so much and it was overwhelming and stressful at first, but I got the hang of it and all the calls and it became less nerve wracking. But um, 
towards the end, like a few days before I committed, I was like, I need to make a decision. I want the stress off my shoulders, especially with school starting. And I decided like Pac-12 is the place for me. And I called UW and I was like, I'm ready. And they gave me my offer and I couldn't be more excited. Very nice. Well, and we should have a little fun with this here too for a moment because Tom, we have two young ladies on the phone right now whose parents are both Washington State alum. They met over in Pullman while going to school. So in one on one hand, we have Chloe, who's going to be playing for the hated University of Washington, if right. you're a Cougar fan. And then we have Maddie, who you're going to go to Montana. And if I heard this correctly, Dad is from Bozeman, right? So Dad, I'm sure, has some sort of uh, allegiances to, to Montana State. So you guys are really doing a, a flip around and turning the, the whole house upside down with Montana and UW, I would think. Yeah, we've definitely been talking about how the Apple Cup's going to be looking at our household this year, that's for sure. <laughs> Did, did you grow up Washington uh, State Cougar fans? I mean, was it something that was kind of thrust upon oh, yeah. you at a young age? Or There's pictures of us when we were like four in Cougar like cheerleading outfits. It's been since day one. Now, Chloe, you know you can't post those pictures on the wall if you end up on campus over at UW, right? Yeah, there's um, actually a picture of me at a UW men's soccer game with my whole soccer team, and I was wearing all Cougar gear. I was the only red in the crowd, oh. and they posted it on their website like a year ago. And we found it, and we realized it was me. But um, now we're getting purple gear. And, and they still want you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, And, hey, I did want to ask, too. So three seniors on that whole team last year, a team that went to state. Uh, Maddie, sky's the limit for this team if we ever get a chance to get back out there. What what are the great Grizzlies capable of doing this year? I think this year we definitely have the opportunity to get to a state championship. It, this would be the year out of all of them. I'm so excited, and I'm hoping by March we're back out with Tori and Dale getting ready. Yeah, we should mention, too, uh, Coach, Coach Tori, um, University of Washington alum in her own right, right, Chloe? Yep, I called her right after I committed. She was the first phone call I made, and I told her, hey, Tori, guess what? And she, she, was, she was pumped. And she played for four years at UW. Yes, she did. Yeah, so I'm guessing she's pretty excited. What's it like to play for her, by the way? She's got a lot of experience, played uh, professionally over in Germany, I believe, also. Yeah, Tori is awesome. She can relate to all of us so well, and she's been coaching for so long, and she understands the game so well. She's, she makes us laugh. She makes, she pushes us, and she's awesome. Okay, and I got one final question here because I started to look down the sheet, and before I let you go, I, I can't let this one pass without knowing what's going on here. Chloe, you sent uh, when I sent you a little questionnaire, you mentioned that you were in the cookie business? Um, yes, just like last year, I think, um, someone posted on Facebook that they wanted some sugar cookies made, and I've always loved to bake, but I decided to take on this job of sugar cookies, and I got all these new recipes and stuff. And um, this year, during graduation season, I made probably six orders of over six dozen cookies um, for different colleges and um, whatever they ordered. And it was it was um, a lot of work, but it's awesome. And I have a lot of pictures of the cookies too. I could send them. So you put the logos on the on the cookies as well. Yes, I did. Well, you're an entrepreneur, so give us a little heads up here. How do people get in touch with you if they want to order some cookies? Let's let's help you out here a little bit. Um, thank you. I have an Instagram. It's called CJ's Creations, and then it has my email and phone number on there, and they can contact me through that. CJ's Creations. Yep. And Maddie, give us a review. Cookies, good? Oh, Excellent? I'm, I'm the number one taste tester in our household. Yeah, yep. they're always good. So Chloe, Chloe the the baker, Chloe the soccer player. Which one do you uh, which which one do you give the nod to? 
Definitely Chloe, the soccer player. Stick with her number one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like maybe it's one and one A. Well, hey, again, uh, congratulations on, on both of you getting offers for Montana and Washington and being able to get the commitment out of the way and focus on soccer. And we wish uh, you nothing but the best over at Star, uh, or I keep saying Starfire, Crossfire as well as Glacier Peak this year. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, maybe catch up in the spring and watch the Grizzlies play into another state tournament. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. There you go, the Seahawks sisters from all three of them. We got a bonus, yeah. We got Ella in there too, which was kind of cool. So, yeah, da- uh, Dad, Josh was a baseball player, I guess, over at Wazoo. So, for uh, one daughter to go play it at uh, Washington, another at Montana, and I'm sure Ella's going to be doing something. I think she's a multi-sport athlete. We just heard about her mile time, so right. I think she's playing other sports as well. So it should be fun to kind of see how. I really hope the three of them get a chance to play this year. That's going to be fun for them and obviously as a family it's you only get one shot at that right when you have three kids that are all separated right. by a few years there so right fingers crossed and uh, we'll see where that goes today's show brought to you by the buzz in steakhouse the law office of russell and hill by screen printing northwest hometown handyman all-state insurance agent brian reed by everett safe and lock ace hardware stores in lake stevens everett and stanwood and glass by lund who did we have on the show tonight we had on the show ryan webb from the seattle storm by way of mount lake terrace high school assistant coach there for the WNBA champions along with Ryan's high school coach Nalen Sood. We then talked to Dwayne Lewis, longtime uh, track and field coach at Linwood High School, newest member of the 2020 Snohomish County Sports Hall of Fame and current Linwood coach Stephanie Tastad. And then finally we talked to the Seelhoff sisters, Maddie, Chloe, Ella, all playing for the Glacier Peak Grizzly soccer team, a team that is expected to maybe contend for a state title this year. So it should be interesting, you know. There, we've been talking about future guests about when are we going to actually be able to put teams on the field, and, and hopefully we're getting closer. It's, I mean, obviously, again, there's a lot that can happen between, I was going to say now and the end of the year, but really, it's a week to week thing, and we're seeing that it's working in other some places, maybe not so well in others, but uh, hopefully we can continue to plug along. And I mean, yeah, it's it's nice that we're able to catch up with a lot of these athletes and some of the the alums and whatnot, but. I think we'd both be enjoying this a lot more if we could actually yep. cover sports. So hopefully sooner than later. So that is it. That's Steve Willett. I'm Tom Lafferty. This is Prep Sports Weekly. We'll be back next week at 7 o'clock right here on KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits, Sports, and more. Good night from Everett. KRKO Everett. K237 GN AM 1380 and FM 953. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. So oh.
Billy Joel, it's still rock and roll to me. 